None of us can be great at everything, and neither are our organizations. On today's show, three key elements to consider for forming an effective alliance with another leader or organization. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 162. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help us all be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal leadership. I'm so glad that you have joined me for another episode of the show. Today, we're going to tackle a a topic that is of great importance to business owners, but really a topic that almost every leader needs to be thinking of, which is how to create an effective alliance and specifically how to create good business alliances. Because after all, if we are leading well and doing the work that we should be doing in the world, we can't do it all ourselves. And if we try to, we will fail trying to be effective in every area. Uh, Every organization, every leader has an area of expertise that is really key to their work. And when we can connect with others who can help support us in reaching our goals and reaching the goals of the people we work with, it is a it can be a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And I am thrilled to welcome today to the studio someone who has been not only a tremendous is a tremendous example of forming great business alliances over the years, and I've really had a privilege to watch uh, from from a front row seat and and been involved with in many ways uh, as well. But also, who has just been a wonderful alliance, uh, business alliance for me and for Bonnie over the decade that we've known him, and that is Aaron Kent. Aaron is the CEO of Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles. He has been uh, in that role now for uh, let's see, seven, eight years, Aaron. Now seven, exactly, Dave. Wow. Um, and Aaron and I have been working together intimately for the last 10 years. As many of you know, I work with Aaron at Dale Carnegie. And so we uh, we talk almost daily. We work together. We strategize. We're always trying to think of good ways to put together great alliances. And we're going to talk about how to con- how to really think through what are the three key things that you want to be connecting with when you're thinking about putting together a great business alliance today. And we have here's a little teaser something to announce today as well too so that's right there we go how about that for a setup welcome to the show aaron thank you dave it's a pleasure to be here you know you were back on this show gosh i think about uh, six months in i'm going to put the link in the show notes we talked about how to select a training company so i'm going to put a link to that back in the uh, uh, in our episode notes um, but i'm so glad to have you back on this topic because when i think of someone who's great at forming alliances you are someone that comes to the the top of my mind as as far as a really great example of this. Oh, thank you very much, Dave. I'm really glad to be back. I enjoyed it a lot last time. Well, uh, when we're thinking about forming an alliance, uh, you've identified some things, uh, three things in particular, that a leader or a business owner should be thinking of and considering with when putting together an alliance. So I think maybe let's look into sure. to these in some detail here and look at what are the things, because I think this is something that sometimes if, if people haven't done this before, 
they don't really know where to start. You bet. So here's so here's a place to start. And one of the things that that I know you've been very disciplined on doing over the years is this first point, which is looking at some industry overlap. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit what you mean by that first, and then maybe we can look at some of the examples of how Dale Carnegie's done this. Absolutely. Um, I've seen the mistake made where two entities that are just vastly opposed in terms of who they're out to serve uh, attempt to get together and it, it just doesn't materialize. On the other hand, when I say industry alignment overlap, what I mean there is another entity that's in the same world as you, but ideally they're not in a competitive space with you. Uh, to provide an example of that, uh, one of our partners is very, very well uh, known in the education realm. However, their client base is far different than ours. They're, they're more of what you would see, consider a true traditional community college. Mm. Uh, but part of their mission is being able to do industry outreach as well to the corporate community, which is more where you would see Dale Carnegie serve. So uh, at, at a level, we both are in the education industry, but who we're targeting and who we serve is vastly different. Uh, so there, there creates an opportunity really for the two of us to be able to expand our capability within our own industry in ways that by ourselves we never could. So we created this, uh, and really you, in a lot of ways, created this alignment with a community college, and the the idea was that you know, kind of similar values, similar types of things we're trying to do in the world, but different areas of expertise. So mm-hmm. Carnegie bringing the business piece of it, then bringing more of the academic piece of it, and together being able to do some things that you know alone neither one would be able to do. Exactly. That that's exactly what it was, and. Uh, you know, they have insight that we don't have and vice versa. And as a result, when you, you know, it's like any mastermind, you get those, those two thought leaders together. Uh, not only do they one plus one equals two, ideally one plus one equals 10. Uh, and that's what I think often happens in strong strategic alliances when you have that industry overlap. So, so education's one place that we've done that at Dale Carnegie. Where else have you seen that some of that industry overlap has happened with some of the alliances that we've created over the years? Yeah, it's a great question, actually, because there's a, a vast diversity here. If I look at our alliance partners, um, the industry overlaps the only common thread. Uh, another area vastly different than education is actually in manufacturing. Oh, uh, really? That vertical, uh, of all things, um, over the 102 years that Dale Carnegie served our marketplace, an area we've always tended to do quite well in terms of serving customers is manufacturing. Um, you know, our work is really helping people become more effective working together. Most things don't get built very well if people don't work together well. Uh, we were able to form an alliance with another entity uh, here within Southern California. And their job actually, uh, chartered by the Department of Commerce, is to help keep jobs and manufacturing companies in the state. Mm. Uh, so that's a mission I personally uh, value and can get behind. Uh, however, they don't do it with developing people. They actually do it by improving the processes behind the people. Uh, so they've created an opportunity for them to do what they do very well, which is improve process, married with what we do very well, which is improve people. Uh, so together, we're a much more powerful combination for the manufacturing industry. And assessment is another place that Carnegie has really reached out and looked to some of the partners. And we've done this with our office, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you've actually formed a relationship with someone who... Uh, you know, again, very similar industry, and in fact, the same industry, but does something really different than what exactly, we do. Exactly, exactly. Even even closer to us than education, right? He's literally in learning and development. It couldn't be more specific to what Dale Carnegie does. However, his piece of it is not where we're necessarily the true specialist. He is the person that will identify the need with an individual more with a you know a tool or an instrument of some sort, an assessment. 
and it'll help them understand that piece about themselves. But he doesn't do the part of developing them to the next place they want to go. Mm. Uh, that's what Dale Carnegie does so well. So we've got this incredible marriage there of helping a person see where they can improve. Now balance that with the learning and development opportunities Dale Carnegie has. There's that industry overlap again. Uh, the two entities combined create far more value for the customer in the end. One of the things that I think is interesting about this partnership and having been involved with it a little bit over the years is we have people on our team that could do this. Mm -hmm. And yet we make a really conscious choice to like, for example, I have a background in this field and could go out and do assessments with people, but we make a really conscious choice to not do that. At least it seems to me like a conscious mm-hmm. choice. Um, and you and I have talked about that even before. Sure. Like there's been occasions where we're like, okay, could Dave do this? Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe um, why is that? Like why when we have some people who could do it and would do it, frankly, pretty well. Yeah. I, I would do it amazing, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> um, but why have someone else do it who who's outside the organization? You know, I think that gets back to the discipline of all market leaders. You know, again, can we be everything to everybody at our best? Probably not. Let's look within what we do to the core, you know, good to great reference here, hedgehog. What mm-hmm. could we be the best in the world at? What are we passionate about? What drives our economic engine? Usually, if we keep the focus there, we're going to find the the key thing that we need to be the best at. And in our, in Dale Carnegie's world, that's delivery on our feet, helping folks improve in the moment to a higher level of performance they never imagined they could get to before. Uh, On the other hand, can we assess? Sure. But can we do it as well as our alliance partner? No. Uh, That really is his hedgehog. So it makes a lot of sense that he's the one doing that component of it. Again, gets back to discipline. Yeah. And he goes to all the meetings. That's right. Conferences and has been immersed in it for decades. And that's the kind of thing that if any one of us spent our entire professional career doing, we'd it would take us years to even get to the place he's already at. And that's a great point, too. There's a level of expertise when, when a person rises to the top of their game in, in one particular skill set, and, and he's there. So why not give our customers the best and do what we do best? I love it. So industry overlaps that first thing. Is look bet. for that look at that similar area, but kind of a little bit different focus. Yep. Um, and then the second thing that you've identified when you look at alliances is a clear and immediate financial value overlap. So mm-hmm. say something about that. How's that different than the just the kind of being in the same space as far as industry? You bet. Yeah, the really the the second part uh, has to be there. You know, the first part, step one, let's figure out where we overlap from an industry standpoint and aren't competitive. But, you know, is there a real win-win from a value standpoint in it for both of us as well? Great if we're in the same industry, but if we can't help each other truly grow either financially or in some other business metric, nice to know you, but I don't know that we should invest a whole lot of time together. So I think that's an important component because at the end of the day, why are we having an alliance? The alliance is to make the two of us serve the customer base better, but at the same time, become a stronger, more valuable entity in the process. So I believe you have to really identify where can we create a win-win outcome. So anytime we're working together, you do something successfully that we've deemed our goal, we win. We do something successfully we've deemed our goal, you win. And when you set that kind of scenario up, you've got two folks that are really excited to continue to work together well beyond the fact that they overlap from an industry standpoint because they're helping grow each other's businesses at the end of the day. One of my favorite examples of this is our work with the community college system here in California, yeah. one of the schools in particular. And you talked about that alliance a few minutes ago. Yep. Could could you say something about just exactly how that works and how how both how that's a win for both parties? Absolutely. Um, in some of the work that we do, we actually provide uh, the folks we're working with 
college uh, degrees, certificates, a uh, variety of things in that in that realm. Um, we ourselves as Dale Carnegie are a college accredited course, but we don't have what one would deem the true technical certification to give out degrees and certifications that would be deemed academically legitimate. Right. Whereas our college partner is professional at that, right? That's really what they're in business to do. And they've done all the, uh, the background work to be able to provide those level of certifications. So in our work with them, we actually provide a great deal of the content and facilitation. So we do what Dale Carnegie does. On the other hand, though, they provide the credential uh, in the equation. So marrying our execution of helping a participant with what they could get from a, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, what would be deemed credible and important from an academic standpoint, they get from the college. And what that's led to over the years is literally thousands uh, of employees within the Los Angeles County area uh, receiving phenomenal learning and development from Dale Carnegie, but also being able to bolster their own credentials in the process by getting the value of the college's certification. And I think the thing that you did that was so brilliant um, 10 years ago is also think through like how could uh, organizations and employees utilize some of the benefits through tuition reimbursement Absolutely. because of the alliance through the college right. and the college college even being the lead in a lot of those relationships. Yep. Uh, it's just it's just really an amazing, brilliant alliance that uh, that that you started off and a lot of other folks have continued over the years and, mm -hmm. and, and just such a win-win for both right. organizations and gosh, how much the community college system has benefited from that. And Absolutely. there's been a huge financial need for that in mm -hmm. California here for those of you who aren't familiar with the, the state budget crisis here. Um, just a really, a really great win for both organizations. So it's, it's, it's been neat to see that. No okay, doubt so, about it. So, so the clear and immediate financial value overlap and, 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 and I think that, you know, you even said when we were, before we started recording, it doesn't necessarily always mean dollars for dollars. Absolutely, It could be some other clear value over you that bet. too. You bet, right? And in our businesses, we're not just measuring money. If we do that, we're, we're in it for the wrong reason, right? We're, we've got to have a broader mission. And more often than not, there's far more that needs to be improving and, and getting better, if you will, uh, adding to our organization. So many times there's opportunities for that value exchange in non-monetary terms. But the key thing is I think you identify it with that partner and you continue to measure it on an ongoing basis and ensure that you're both getting the win-win you intended to begin with. Fabulous. All right. So now the hard one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so these first two might even, not, I wouldn't say it'd be obvious, but but those are the kinds of things that um, that a lot of people I sure. think, would, would think of when they're thinking of alliances. The third one is one that people think of, but isn't necessarily something they follow through on, which right. is committing resources to the relationship and sustaining that over time. That's right. Tell me about that. Why is that the thing that is the stopping point? Absolutely. I, I think there's a really um, common mistake that's made oftentimes when two companies consider becoming an alliance partner to one another, where a lot of it's talk and it sounds really cool and man, if we get together, imagine what we could do. Then they leave and all of a sudden they remember that person they just met with actually isn't a paying customer. And all of a sudden where they are on the priority list becomes a little less clear. Hmm. And the next time we meet, yeah, I think maybe we're making some, are we making progress? And all of a sudden, you know, this thing that would look like a great idea doesn't go anywhere. So I believe it's really critical, really on the front end that both sides say, okay, this is what we're going to do together. This is how we can have this immediate financial exchange to one another. Here's who I'm committing to be the person that's going to focus on their work with you from our side uh. and vice versa. I think you almost have to treat it as if that alliance partner is a brand new paying client. And I think if you think in those terms, you're going to give the same level of commitment you would to a paying customer. And when that happens, 
both sides get that level of trust and respect and reliability, for lack of a better word, for one another, so that continuing to work together over time becomes far, far easier. You know, it's very disappointing if you put a great deal of effort into alliance partnership and the other side isn't reciprocating and vice versa. So I think it's really taking a commitment standpoint up front, dedicating a resource that you say it's these this, this person or is this thing we're going to commit to you. And now you've got that indefinitely until we continue to, to work together and get the value we expect from one another. Mm, interesting. So um, I'm going to have you put you take your uh, strategy hat off for a second sure. and put your hat on of being a business owner, which you are too for Carnegie. You bet. And I know a lot of times business owners really struggle with that. Okay. Th- this isn't necessarily money coming in the right. door today. Um, what is what is the kinds of things that would be the stopping point from the business owner standpoint of like, okay, well, it sounds good in practice, right. but in reality, it's Monday morning and we need to do the things that bring dollars into the business. You bet. That gets back to really referencing your own business plan and your own vision and your own goals for your organization. And how tightly is this strategic alliance aligned with that? Mm-hmm. They should absolutely be a nut and a bolt in that plan. And if they're not, you've had a good idea, but you're off the map of where you really want to go. And as a result, that's one that you want to say, hey, you know, in theory, that makes sense. But in practicality, where we're going, that's not something we should focus on right now. So a good idea, maybe, but maybe not the right partner, not the sure. right alliance Absolutely. For, the, for you then. Make okay. a note, file it in a drawer next year when you're recreating your vision and they pop in your head again, see, does this, does this fit in? Is this a nut and a bolt that can move us forward mm-hmm. or not? Yeah. And, and we've had that too at Carnegie where, where people have emerged. And I remember us being involved with some several conversations over the years where it sounded good at the beginning and you know, maybe even had some meetings and then, you know, it, it just wasn't going to be the right fit. Yep. And, you know, everyone departed friends and, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 hopefully another opportunity down the road. Yeah. I almost look at it as, and, you know, not to be crass by any means, but it's almost like a pipeline, you know, just like a sales pipeline is where are we headed? What kind of alliances do we need? And, and let's, you know, for lack of a better term, shuffle through the conversations to see what really makes sense. So you, you almost treat it as an ongoing mission to be constantly looking for those partners are going to help move you forward. Oh, interesting. And do you have like a, either a mental list or a physical list of like things, partners, types of organizations you're looking for? Yeah, I do actually. Oh, um, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, something that's revisited once a week actually is, really? uh, yeah. What, what, where are we headed as a company right now? Who's helping us get there? And are those partnerships where they need to be? Or if we don't have those in place, how do we go and create those? Wow. Okay. So there's a lesson for all of us <laughs> is to actually just start thinking about it and create some awareness uh, from our strategy standpoint of, you know, what can we, what are we not best in the world at doing? That's right. You know, right. And I love the Collins ref- reference, uh, Good to Great, by the way, by Jim Collins is the book we're talking about here, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But you know, figure out what you're really, really, really good at That's that right. you uniquely are qualified to do. And everything else, you know, if you can find people who are better at it than you are, align with them. So, absolutely. So re- absolutely. It's a really good strategy around that. So uh, so, so all this, all this is really good stuff, and we've actually been going through this ourselves we over have. the last let's see three or four months exactly kind of thinking this through so um you know one interesting thing you and i were talking before the show that you know i've i've worked with carnegie now for 10 years mm-hmm. and and although i do a, a bunch of different things um, carnegie's been my biggest focus over mm-hmm. those 10 years and you and i have worked together closely mm-hmm. i don't talk about it a lot on the show right um and uh, you know what many of you know that i work with carnegie and affiliated with carnegie um one is, you know, I want to be respectful of, you know, Carnegie doing a little different thing in the world than we're doing with this show at Coaching for Leaders. 
Um, but certainly a lot of the stories, the the things that we talk about in the show are always inspired by Carnegie. And, and folks who listen regularly will hear that Dale Carnegie quotes do come up on a regular basis. And so we got to thinking about three or four months ago because we were thinking, you know, this is um, Carnegie really, Dale Carnegie has an opportunity as an organization and as a company that has done so much for people around the world through Dale Carnegie's best-selling books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, and The Quick and Easy Way to Effective Speaking. They are all still on the top sellers lists on Amazon. It's amazing to me how much value those books have provided. And Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie as a business now has been going 102 years. Yep. There's not many businesses that have been stronger than ever. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always struck by how much technology changes, but a lot of the good, solid principles of how to work with people just don't change very quickly or change at all. Yeah. Um, And so we're we're actually announcing today the start of a new platform uh, with our office uh, through Dale Carnegie. And we're also announcing that I am going to be heading that up. And Woo. so what that means is, it, th- by the way, I should mention that it's not going to change anything with this show and what's happening with the show. It is going to continue exactly as it is. Um, but one of the reasons we're talking about alliances today is because we're actually creating an alliance between the Coaching for Leaders uh, platform show, whatever we want to call this, mm-hmm. and uh, the new uh, the new Carnegie Coach website and is also going to be a podcast. So for those of you who have asked, because <laughs> I know a few people have, you know, is there any other resources and tools out there? Um, beginning as of last week, some of you may have already noticed online, uh, I am now hosting a show called Carnegie Coach, and it is going to air and it's going to complement this show and is going to air Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday but it is going to be a very different show than this show. It is going to be extremely short. First of all, it's going to be no more than 10 minutes. And what it's going to be each each day is a tip, a tool, or a resource from our content library at Dale Carnegie to give you something that you can get value on and give you action as a leader, as a communicator, as wanting to reach out to people more effectively. And I think Aaron's going to be a really wonderful complement to this show. Um, because a lot of times people are looking for that you know, that one quick action. What's something I could do today that's going to mm-hmm. help support me in my work? And then this show is going to continue to be what it is, which is going into a lot more depth, often with a guest like you, Aaron, sure. uh, someone who has expertise to really talk in detail about some of the things that will be there. And so um, you know, you won't hear any difference with this show if you keep listening, but you will have the access to the Carnegie Coach podcast, which is going to be, uh, it will complement the show on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we're doing that intentionally. So those of you who listen to this show, we don't step into your Monday listening for the show. <laughs> so um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be phenomenal, Dave. I'm so excited about it. Uh, one of my frustrations, if anything, in my career with Dale Carnegie, which spans almost 13 years now, is that... Uh, we are really, really effective when we're working with people, but we don't have enough ways to provide what we do to folks in a bite-sized way that they can take advantage of every day. And this hits all those criteria in one fell swoop. So uh, I am so excited and, and thank you again uh, for adding your talent and your commitment to this alliance. It's going to be tremendous. Well, I am really thrilled to do it. And, and Carnegie is, you know, to talk about the hedgehog thing yeah. is uh, is amazing at the, I mean, 
nobody touches a Dale Carnegie instructor as far as helping to change people's lives and help them to improve their human relations and communications. It is mm-hmm. amazing what mm-hmm. people do in the classroom. And then we are not always so amazing on online <laughs> marketing and right. some of those other things. That That's as an organization, we just haven't been as strong as that that's over right. the years. Um, so I think this is going to be really good for doing that. Um, so let's actually look through this alliance a you bit bet. with the model we just talked about. And some of the things we went through as far as our thinking is what we were going to do with this and how to add value to people. So sure. um, let's first of all look at, you know, go back to the first one, the mm-hmm. industry overlap. Um, so obviously similar industries, you know, coaching for leaders is a show in a lot of ways is kind of similar to what Dio Carnegie does, right. but, um, but, but different in a way too. So um, tell me a little bit about where you see the overlap of that. You bet. I, I think the overlap in this particular case is uh, the customer we're both looking to support and serve is you know, typically a leader, um, might be an individual that's working inside of an organization as a, a manager, a supervisor, or executive, but it almost also might be a, uh, a business owner of some sort. So both Coaching for Leaders is out there looking to support that person through the weekly podcast, and Dale Carnegie's actively looking to support that person uh, through the training that we do. Uh, but we're supporting that person in very different ways. And uh, what, what you're doing for him and, and what Dale Carnegie's doing for him don't necessarily intersect directly. Uh, as a result, when we give him the value you have, balanced with the value that we have, I think we give that individual a far greater package of value. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, it, it, we were, we've been talking through throughout this process, you know, I don't have the resources or the desire to run a training company sure. <laughs> and go around the world and, and have people attend classes. Um, and, and yet, you know, Carnegie doesn't necessarily have the resources or at least the dedicate, the dedication right now to go out and do a podcast or all those things and to create an online platform. Right. And so, um, so it's really interesting how those two coming together will be, I think we're a really powerful combination. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> we may find out otherwise, right. but, but I do think it's actually going to be really, really powerful. Um, so let's look at the second one here, a clear and immediate financial value overlap, sure. which is sort of interesting in this case, because, you know, this show, um, although I'm running a beta test for a membership, right. you know, shortly starting here, but it hasn't really been a, this has been more of a hobby sure. for me. You know, I spend my time doing, you know, training, consulting, teaching, um, more of a hobby than it has mm-hmm. been a business model. And that will change a little bit in the coming months. Um, but tell me where you're from a standpoint of just you and thinking through strategy, how did mm-hmm. you approach this and how did you think about this as we were starting to talk about it? Sure. I, I looked at this really as, um, f- you know, from your, from the standpoint of what could be given back to the coaching for leaders audiences, uh, the intent to help them find our week, you know, our daily podcast easily and, Again, add some things to the equation that might not necessarily be in the uh, the conversational show like we have here. We know a direct soft skill development opportunity on a daily basis. So I, I thought that there was a, a great opportunity for uh, you to provide that to our folks and vice versa. So I think in this particular case, um, we'll be able to give the value exchange in the form of adding to each other's audiences more than anything else. Mm, um, mm, there's yeah. a very large Dale Carnegie audience out there, you know, 8 million graduates around the world. And uh, so over 70 million people have read Mr. Carnegie's book and uh, your audience has just blown me away how it's grown organically over the years. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see the folks that are really well known to Dave Stahoviak and coaching for leaders show, getting a, you know, a dose of Dale Carnegie and, and Dale Carnegie's folks uh, getting a dose of coaching for leaders because there's some things discussed here that are incredibly valuable for the people that we work with. So at the end of the day, I think the value exchange comes in. You introduce us to your friends and vice versa, and our friends now become friends, and uh, the the network of people we're impacting grows exponentially. That, that that's something that is was really attractive to me too. Sure. Is thinking through how 
you know, people who really do have a passion for Carnegie and we'll find the Carnegie Coach podcast online. Yeah. I've been introduced to the Coaching for Leaders community Absolutely. too. Um, because this is this will be a much more in-depth conversation each week. And there are I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but often when I talk to other people who do shows and people find out that I have a relationship with Carnegie, um, we end up talking a ton about Dale Carnegie. And and I've even had a situation recently where someone fairly prominently in the online world said, um, you know, Carnegie should do more online, you know, and then or or create a book about how to do stuff online. And I was like, we already did that. Nobody knows, (laughs) right? Because we just haven't been as much a part of that online conversation. So I'm just, I'm really excited to see how people out there who have so many people I run into, you probably have this happen too, where um, you run into someone and they're running a business and they've been successful for decades and decades and you'll start talking to them like, oh, I read that book. Yep. You know, first year of my career when I became a leader and it just changed my life and my perspective of how I work with business or someone who took one of our classes. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago, and they'll be like, that was the difference maker. That was what helped me to be someone of influence yeah. in the world. So it's become so common that I'm surprised if I talk to a successful person that's accomplished a lot in their career if they haven't read it. Or at least heard of it or <laughs> right. or, 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 or subscribe to some right. of the principles. Exactly. Right? Not yeah. not not necessarily saying they were, you know, not unwise to pick up the book, but very rarely will you see somebody that's really far advanced that hasn't uh dusted that book off and, and, uh, and injected it into their world. So I, I couldn't agree with you more how often that happens. Yeah. And, and by the way, that book is how to win friends and influence Good people. Point. Yeah. And, we should reference the name. <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, um, and it is on one of the books that's on my 10 leadership, uh, reads for leaders. In fact, it's the number one book because that book, if you just read that book, that will give you such a framework and a platform to be able to interact with people and relate with people you know, of all kinds. So. Absolutely. If you ever had like, you know, a disagreement, you couldn't put your head around why it happened. Just, just pick it up. You'll have the answer in no time. It's true. Yeah, it's it so really true. Will. I, you know, and I love uh, this, uh, Dale Kearney's book, how to stop worrying and start living. Ugh. It's anytime I'm just, yeah. Anytime I'm really having stress over something, I mm-hmm. pick up that book. I always find that there's something there that speaks to me. Right. I mean, it really, it really is incredible. Um, okay, so let's hit on the third one here sure. too, which is because this is the sticky one. That's committing right. Committing resources to the relationship <sighs> and sustaining that over time. So we're at the front end of this. Like, okay, sounds like a good idea, right? Yeah. So how have, um, you know, maybe we can each say something about how we've set this up in such a way that we've made that commitment for this you to bet. work. You bet. Yeah, from our end, uh, you know, the resource was pretty clear. There's this gentleman that I've been working with for 10 years, which is a really critical component to the success of my organization. And part of uh, our mission here was to get him somewhat freed up so that he could do a daily podcast. His name's actually Dave Stahoviak. Heard of that guy. <laughs> so we've dedicated him actually as a resource in his role. If you were actually to look at his... Uh, his uh, job description just in the last three months has drastically changed. And a big part of it is creating the time for him to put the effort into this to make Carnegie Coach what we know it can be and what we envision it can be. So from our standpoint, that was a resource dedication. In addition to that, we also have a, a full-time person on our team that's responsible for our marketing and e-commerce work. She's also going to be heavily involved in the work here. Yeah. Um, I also know that part of my role is to give back to coaching for leaders community. So my commitment to Dave is, of of course, first of all, anytime you ask me to be on the show with a topic I think I can add value with, I'm uh, I'm down here in uh, Orange County in a heartbeat. 
Uh, but in addition to that, I want, uh, you know, and I, I haven't even said this directly to you, Dave, I should, as you need uh, opportunities for folks that you think are, you know, well and well known on topics that are important to your audience. You know, I'm, I'm a resource for you too there. And so cool. I'm quite hopeful I can add some, uh, some valuable guests to the show in addition to myself in the months ahead. That's great. Awesome. Well, and that, yeah, I mean, you've really restructured, we've restructured a bunch of parts of my work with Carnegie over Absolutely. the years. I mean, my, my, um, the description of what I do today with Carnegie is entirely 100% different than it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's entirely changed, which is, which is really pretty amazing to me. Um, and, you know, and, and then on my end, you know, very much rethinking like, okay, how am I working my weekly schedule? <laughs> right. Because a lot of the client things that I was doing six months ago, I'm not doing anymore. That's right. I'm dedicating a lot of time and resources to this. And it's not to say it'll go perfectly. I'm sure we'll hit hiccups along the way. But I think both of us have made... Uh, commitment of resources right. and priority to figure out, you know, and if it if something doesn't work perfectly, great, you know, we'll figure it out. But we've made that commitment to know that yeah, this is going to work. Um, the commitment's going to be there, and we'll also the commitment to when we hit those obstacles, we're going to figure it out because That's we right. know that uh, we've got the right people in the right places. So it's just a matter of like, what's the next step, and how do we continue to move things along? That's right. I think we've got a decent track record for sustaining commitment to one or two with a tenure working relationship. So we've we've got a foundation there to work off of. So the Carnegie Coach, uh, by time we air the show, is going to be online and active. So you'll be able to track it down on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever. However you listen to this show, you'll be able to search for Carnegie Coach or you can just search for my name and you will track it down. Um, you'll hear more about that, obviously, in the coming weeks. And I'll continue to reference what we're going, what we're doing with the, uh, the platform there. Absolutely. Um, but before we finish up, Aaron, I think we should say something about, you know, uh, not everybody has thought about alliances. And in fact, I, I dare say a lot of organizations and for a lot of leaders, this is this is not something that's thought about every week like you are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who's listening to this today and thinking, okay, well, okay, I, I get it. This is this is important. Maybe I should be thinking about an alliance. What would be the the first step? The thing that, you know, would be the starting point that would get someone along the path of starting to at least have some dialogue about an mm-hmm. alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually think the first place to start is that third point we talked about, which is who can you sustain a commitment to? So where, do, where does that s- desire to sustain commitment come from? I think it comes from something you're passionate or enthusiastic about. You know, if, if you look at another entity and what they're in business to do or what their mission is, uh, why they exist, and that gets you excited, and that's someone you want to get to know better and you have a genuine curiosity about. And of course, they meet those other two criteria of over industry overlap and value, immediate value exchange. You've got it. You know. On the other hand, if it's something you look at and you just, yeah, it might work, but I don't have a whole lot of interest necessarily in what they do or why they're here, that's going to be a tough one most likely to, to dig in and really put the work in that you're going to need to develop the alliance partnership that you desire. Uh, so I would strongly suggest having some level of enthusiasm for who it is you're going to target. Aaron Kent is the CEO of Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles. Uh, His other two titles are great job at creating business alliances. (laughs) And third and most important one, a dear friend as well, too. Hey, Aaron, thanks thanks for the opportunity. I'm uh, really excited about this partnership. Me too, Dave. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Hope to be back soon. If you've been giving some thought to an alliance, either within your organization or with another leader, or maybe even on a personal level, utilize these three elements. Check out the show notes and utilize this as a starting point in your consideration process. And if you haven't ever thought about building an alliance, 
I hope this will get you thinking about how you might. And again, whether you're looking at that through the professional lens, but maybe even on a personal level, what are the things that you are good at or you are good at and someone else could bring in that will help complement that strength in a particular way. And I would encourage you to look at this model as well as some inspiration to begin thinking that way. And then, of course, I hope that you will check out this new show that I'm hosting with Dale Carnegie called Carnegie Coach, and it will be available at carnegiecoach.com, but also at whatever podcast app or directory you're listening to this show on. So iTunes, Stitcher, it is all already up and running. In fact, we've already been going a full week, so there's a bunch of episodes ready for you. And I should mention again that nothing is changing with this show. This is this is purely an addition to this show rather than an instead of or taking anything away from this show. They will still continue to operate as separate entities, but I do think that show is going to be a great compliment for those of you who've enjoyed the show because it's a much shorter form show. Just Most of the episodes have been just six or seven minutes. One skill or topic or Dale Carnegie principle each day of the week that will help you to continue to be thinking about how you can maximize your work and also to maximize your ability to get the best in others. And uh, so it's a it's a wonderful compliment and, and alliance, and I am really excited about it. So uh, check out the notes for this episode at coachingforleaders.com slash 162, plus all the links that we mentioned. As always, I welcome your comments, questions, or feedback either on this show or for our future Q&A show at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And the next Q&A show is coming up for episode number 165. And the topic we're going to be hitting on for that show is going to be on networking. So if you are wondering what you can do to strengthen your professional network, maybe you go to networking events on occasion and you'd like to get some new ideas on how you can maximize your effectiveness there. Uh, Perhaps it's looking at it through the online lens of how to build a professional network and to connect with people online. All of those are fair game for that show, so please get in your questions. And as always, a big thank you to those of you who jumped in on the weekly update this week and decided to download my guide to the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others, including the two that I rely on weekly. And we'll also start getting the episode show notes for every show and my weekly article. And in fact, I got a nice email this week from uh, one listener in the community here, Matt. Matt, thank you so much for writing in. And he said he'd been listening for about a year and hadn't felt a need to, uh, to get on the updates um, and thought that he already knew uh, all the books that would be on there and had downloaded it and said it was super helpful for just checking out some new material and also the overview. And on that list, I really do provide not just the list of the books, but a minute or so overview of each of those books and a little summary. So you get a sense of what you'll be getting into when you look at those 10 books and go out and start looking at them in more detail. So thanks to all of you who did jump in on that. And that this week is Mauro Sosa, Ricky Lobsher, Matthew Erickson, John Haroldson, Michael Fusco, Alan Buss, Marisol Sanchez, Leanna Polston Murdoch, Bob Moore, William Ramirez, Richard Tademi Jr., Pam Stevens, Adam Liu, Jenny Q, Danella Hines, Julia Wilson, Enrique Ponce, Edson Magtanum, 
uh, Durval Amin, hope I said that right, Nick Powers, Nicolau Teixeira, uh, Nicolau, hope that was close, and Steve Turner, Bill Rogers, Emily House, Simon Dixon, Matt Rogers, and Elliot Danu, hope I said that okay. And again, you can get access as well. You'll get the show notes and an article from me every Wednesday in your inbox. And if you'd like that too, go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And that's the best way to get access. And I look forward to welcoming you to the community as well. Hey, also a big thank you this week to John Borden, who uh, talked to me over email a few times. John, it's great to get connected with you. And John, thank you also for the kind review you left on Stitcher. I so appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who's written reviews on the show. I I can't tell you how much that helps uh, folks to find this show for the first time. I get emails just about every week from someone who says they found it on iTunes or Stitcher. And your reviews drive that in a huge way. So if you have been listening for a while and feel like, uh, John, you can evaluate the show through a written review, take a moment to go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes if you're an iTunes user or coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher if you use Stitcher. And uh, and I appreciate it very much in advance. Hey, have a great week. I'll uh, see you on Carnegie Coach or I'll see you next week here. Take care.